This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Otis Barnett and Calvary Church in Inverness, Florida. For more information, please visit InvernessCalvary.com. Well, we're beginning a brand new series. It's going to last through the next few weeks as we uh, uh, begin our corporate time of fasting and prayer. Uh, the name of this series is called, What's Next? Navigating Transition. What's Next? Navigating Transition. And uh, most of us understand that the Christian life isn't only about being born again, but it's actually that the being born again from God is the beginning of a journey of walking with God that we then walk into eternity. So the Christian life isn't only about going to heaven. It's actually about growing every day into the person that God wants us to be. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verse 18, you have to understand that in this verse, which came up for our church uh, over and over again in 2016, um, this verse tells a story about transition. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, But we all, with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. This verse says that there is a glorious place in your relationship with God that you need to be from. And you need to be moving to another glorious place in your relationship. It says that we move from glory to glory, that there is a transition, that there is growth, that there is change. But this word transition scares many of us. But I would define transition for this series as this. Transition is the process that God uses between promise and fulfillment. Transition is the promise, is the process that God uses between promise and fulfillment. Anyone ever got a promise from God? Anybody here still hanging on to a few promises from God that haven't yet taken place? That is, then you find yourself in transition. You find yourself in the process of God making you into the person that he wants you to be so that you can possess the promise that he's, he's given to you. You find yourself in that moment. It's transition. There's another biblical word uh, used to describe this word transition, a moving from a glory to another glory. That biblical word, you won't like it, it's called wilderness. Anybody feel like 2016 was a bit of a wilderness? Felt like, oh yeah, saying, yeah, I, I, wilderness. We said, what do you mean by wilderness? Well, uh, when the, the children, of e, uh, children of Israel came out of Egypt, they end up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. 40 
was about an 11-day journey. 40 years of wandering. See, wilderness is the place where God is making you into a people who can possess the promise he wants to give you. Now, if many of you, if you know that story, that story was all about God making a people for himself that could possess the promise. Forty years they wandered. Forty years they, they, they saw miracles. They saw God doing uh, good things, but yet they wandered. Now, there's all kinds of reasons why, and you can read about that, and uh, I believe it's Numbers uh, chapter uh, 12, 13, 14, you can actually read there about some of the decisions that they made when they sent spies into the land and then decided that the promise that God gave them uh, was impossible. They grumbled and said, nope, the promise with God, and, 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 and then they, they ended up in a wilderness because of their own choices. Some of you may feel like today you've ended up in a wilderness because of your own choice, but I've got good news. God's bringing you out of the wilderness. God is by his grace and mercy bringing you out of the wilderness. But how do you and I transition well? I think all of us at some level are saying, God, I want to live a life of significance. I want to live a life that makes a difference. I, if, it's, if it's in my children, I want to make a difference in my children. If it's in my community, then I want to make a difference in my community. If it's in my church, I want to make a difference. It is something ingrained in all of us that we want to make a difference. And I would say this to you today. If you want to fulfill that longing in your heart, then you must learn how to navigate transition. I heard it years ago, a message spoken by T.D. Jakes at USF. And he said, he spoke a message called Breaking the Spirit of Failure. And he says, so many people in our culture are comfortable with failure because at least they know where they stand. It's failure, so they know where they stand. But people who are saying yes to the process are somewhere between God's promise and fulfillment. So there's a little bit of mystery. There's a little bit of trust. There's a little bit of faith. And you don't really know where you are, but you can know whose you are while you're navigating transition. God wants to break the spirit of failure off of us and allow us to begin to ask God, God, what's next? Well, one of the greatest moments of transition actually took place in Joshua chapter 1. In Joshua chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, if you're turning there, I'll give you a little bit of the backstory. The backstory is now God is ready to take the children of Israel into the promised land. He's done all kinds of miracles. He's brought them out of Egypt with the ten plagues. He's walked them through the Red Sea 
on dry ground. He has led them by a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He has, he has quenched their thirst from a rock. He has done all kinds of miracles. And now he is about to take all of his people into a place called the promised land. And Joshua 1 tells us this story, and I believe unfolds to us the keys to transitioning well. Joshua chapter 1, starting in verse 1, says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea, Toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, uh, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage, and do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I believe in this passage there are keys to transitioning well. If you found yourself stuck in a rut, please take a note card and write some things down. Go back online, InvernessCalvary.com, and listen to this message. Subscribe to the podcast. There are some keys that if you will pick up and you will wield, God will take you into a new season. And as he does it in each one of us, he will take our church into a new season. The keys to transitioning well right here in Joshua chapter 1 is first, you have to let go of yesterday. You have to let go of yesterday. Verse 2 says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Moses, my servant, is dead. This is not God being harsh. By the way, the people, the entire nation has been mourning the death of Moses. 
This wasn't even uh, necessarily, by the way, as many people think, God's final judgment on Moses because, you know, Moses shows back up in the New Testament and he's standing with Elijah, with Jesus. He's standing there on this great mount of transfiguration, as we call it in the Scriptures, where Jesus' glory that was on the inside, it comes out, and there we find Moses standing there and Elijah. This wasn't, this wasn't God, I, God saying, Moses, I'm done with you. It's saying, Moses, you're getting a promotion. Moses, you're getting a promotion. And by the way, I'm going to keep using you. Some even believe, for those of you who like to read the book of Revelation and understand end times, that Moses and Elijah are the two witnesses which will return. Others believe it's Enoch and Elijah. Either way, Moses showed up in the New Testament standing with Jesus. God's not done with Moses. He says, though, to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. In essence, he was saying this. Joshua, there are some great things that happened yesterday. All ten plagues were awesome. Your deliverance out of Egypt which is symbolic of mankind's deliverance from sin. It was awesome, but don't stay there. When I took you through the Red Sea on dry ground by causing an east wind to blow all night, the water stands up in a heap. And when you pass through on dry ground and your enemies come into the water, I drown your enemies. He says, that was good, but you've got to let it go. The failures of the wilderness. He's saying, Joshua, my servant Moses is dead. And all of that, those things that you experienced, you have to let it go. The bad and the good. Now listen. There's something in all of us that wants to let go of the bad. The bad choices that we've made. Although there is this deception in the church that thinks that if we hang on to the shame connected to our bad behavior before Christ, that it somehow equals humility. It's the highest form of pride, actually. Hanging on to the shame of yesterday when God says, I actually cast your sins into a sea named forgetfulness. Which I remind my wife that when I am forgetful, I'm just being like God. Although that didn't work the year that I forgot her birthday. It was a bad day. It was a bad year. Bad time. Now Siri reminds me of everything. Um, it was a bad moment for me. But God takes our bad, puts it in this sea of forgetful, sea of forgetfulness when we are redeemed. And what does he call us to do? He says, you have to let go of yesterday. Mary Magdalene makes it all the way 
to the cross of Christ. And there, in the ultimate moment of mercy, she is not thinking about the demons that came out of her. She's thinking about the God who showed her mercy that transformed her life. She let go of yesterday, and it made her able to stand in a moment of mercy that marked history. And you and I, as believers, if we're going to go from glory to glory, we have to let go of yesterday. We have to let go of the things that held us, that bound us, even the things that hurt us. I don't make light of the traumas that people have been through that cause pain. But what you need to understand is, is that holding on to yesterday can paralyze you in the past. You may look at me today and say, Pastor, well, you just don't know what I've been through. And I say this with, with great humility, but you don't know what I've been through. And you may say to yourself, well, I can tell just by your, your mannerism, you haven't been through much. <laughs> All right. Or, or, by God's grace, something supernaturally came on our lives to let go even the pain of the darkest hours that we could ever experience. A grace came on us in such a way that it doesn't hold us today to keep us from walking in what God wants us to possess today. You see, yesterday will rob you of the today God has for you. Unless you just let it go. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's easy to say, you know, but I know that it requires something supernatural for us to do. And I realize that. And I realize that that's why we seek God. But how about this? Not only... Do we need to let go of the bad of yesterday? What if we got to let go of the good? I was a part of a revival in 1993 in Lakeland that shook our city. It was, it was tangible in shops, in restaurants, everywhere you went, God was moving. I had a radical encounter with God at a Bob Evans of all places. Bob Evans. If God can move in Bob Evans, he can move anywhere over a bowl of five-way chili. I'm telling you. Revival was shaking our city. But if I try to bring the revival of 93 to 2017, could it be that I'm so paralyzed in the past I can't possess what God wants to do now? You have got to honor what God did in the past. You've got to esteem it. You've got to say, God, I thank you for that encounter that transformed my life. But what do you want to do now? Don't try to reproduce yesterday if yesterday was good. Look for the good in today. 
Look for the good that God wants you to embrace today. God was teaching his people this even in the wilderness. He was feeding them day after day. They would go out and they would pick up manna from the ground. And they were told, only pick up enough manna for the day. When they picked up more, it would turn to worms. Except on the Sabbath. They would pick up enough the day before the Sabbath for two days. Which that's a, man, that's a, a great reason to go to church, by the way. To think that bread, the Word of God, could come and sustain you for days. That you could receive something from heaven that satisfies you. It'll satisfy you for eternity, but sometimes you need a right now word that gets you through today and tomorrow. God was teaching his people this. I can't, I can't hold on to yesterday. Why? Because yesterday won't satisfy. I've got to go and look for what God is feeding me with today. And if we're going to transition well, we have got to let go of yesterday. Yesterday's wisdom has prepared you for today's promise. The Apostle Paul encouraged the Philippians to have this mindset. In Philippians chapter 3, he says, Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me, reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are, notice this word, mature, have this mind. And if in, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. I love that line, by the way. He says, by the way, if you think differently, God will fix you. That's what he said. But notice he said, he says, and if any of you are mature, what does that mean? That you said yes to the process of moving, transitioning from one glory of salvation in God to walking as a disciple of Christ, being more filled, being more alive, and being awakened to his calling for today. He said this, he says, listen, I've left those things that are behind, and I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on. And there are some of us in this room today, you need to let go of yesterday because of the pain and the shame that Jesus paid for on the cross. The sin of yesterday, Jesus paid for it in his blood. His scars are the receipts. He says, that belongs to me. But some of us are stuck in the good of yesterday and cannot find the goodness that God wants us to bless, bless us with today because we think today's got to be like yesterday. If we're going to transition well, we've got to let go of yesterday. The second thing is this. We have got to embrace God's dream for us. Embrace God's dream for you. Joshua 1-2 says, Moses, my servant, is dead now. Therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving, listen to these words, to them, the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all of the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. 
It was in this moment that Joshua embraced God's dream for him. See, when I read about Joshua before this moment, he's a great man of war. He was one of the spies sent out. He believed God. But here's where you found Joshua. When the glory of God would show up in the tabernacle and the presence of God would come down and Moses would go in and speak to the Lord as a friend and then go out to minister to the people, Joshua would stay in the presence of the Lord. That's what the scripture says. But Joshua would remain in the presence. I believe that Joshua's dream for his life was to be in the presence of God. But in this moment, Joshua embraces God's dream for him. And we all have dreams of different sorts. When I was a young, young man as a child, uh, my, my mom took us, would take us to this dentist in Lakeland. And this dentist was actually brilliant. He was the, the, the first and only dentist that I knew of at that time. Uh, you know, stand-up video games and arcades were just becoming big in the early 80s. And, um, and, and we would go to the dentist office, and before you would get in the chair, you could go and play Donkey Kong and Pac-Man at a stand-up. I mean, this, what a racket this guy had going, that he had kids begging to go to the dentist because they would come and play video games. Brilliant, brilliant. But, that, that, I mean, the video games were kind of cool, but the, the coolest thing that I noticed, you know, going there about every six months, I would go in, into this place, and I would sit in this chair, and the back of his office was all windows. It was windows. And uh, um, on the right-hand side, as I'm facing these windows, his covered parking area was right there with stairs that led up to the back of his office. So he'd come in the back, he'd park in the back under this little covered thing. And I remember as a, 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 a young man, uh, seeing the cars. So I, I'd get there and I'd sit and I'm like, ooh, yeah, that's a nice, nice BMW. That's nice. I come back six months later, it's a different car. And it's nicer. I, I didn't even know at the time, I, it was like two years into this process, I've seen all these different cars. And it, it went from like a BMW 3 Series and then it was like a 7 Series and then there was like a Corvette. I'm like, I'm going to be a dentist. <laughs> I am going to be a dentist. So I, I wasn't dreaming about teeth or healthy gums. I was dreaming about cars, different ones, every six months. And I actually held on to that dream uh, right up until I was about uh, a freshman in college. And I'm like, uh, you know, I just, I don't know if I want to do that. You know, my hands in people's mouth all day long. You know, God bless you if you work for a dentist, you know, awesome Praise the Lord. That's just, you know, whatever. Not for me. I figured that out. And, uh, and, and see, what I didn't realize is that at age 21 in the presence of God, God awakened a dream that I had from when I was a kid. See, as a, a, as a six-year-old child, I kind of knew God's making me a preacher. My grandma had told me as much prophesied over me at six years old. God has given me my preacher. But at 21 in that Bob Evans, God awakened a dream 
It was his dream for me. And you know what had to happen in that moment? I had to bury mine. I actually want to say this to you today. Uh, many of you have dreams, good dreams, the ones that God has given to you. And you're saying, I don't see how I could ever walk in God's dream for me. I, I, I have this one, one uh, just, just one piece of advice. Let it die. Because every dream that God ever brings to pass, He lets us take that dream and bury it in just who He is. We say, God, if I never possess it and I have You, then that's what I want. I, I, I realized, uh, you know, that, that it is when we plant the dreams of God in the heart of God and let it go that it actually produces fruit in our life. Some of you have been, have been frustrated and you've been experiencing Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. It says, hope deferred makes a heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. You've experienced hope deferred. You had a dream from, from God probably, but somehow the circumstances of life pressed in on you and pushed you one way or another. And now it looks like walking in that dream is impossible. I say this to you, plant that dream deep in the heart of God and say, God, if you want to grow it, grow it. You see, God's dream for Joshua was to lead millions of God's people into the promised land. And to Joshua, this just looked like one word, impossible. I am a firm believer that God's dream for your life will always include a measure of impossibility. Let me say it this way. If today you are not standing before a mountain that requires faith for you to take with God, then maybe it's just your dream. Maybe it's just your dream, but what if God gives you a dream that's bigger than you, that's bigger than your circumstances, that you cannot see how it would be possible for you to walk in that dream? That's probably God's. You know why? Because it requires him. It requires you to totally and utterly rely on God to transition you into his dream. I believe God wants us to stand before impossibility and say, if it's me, God, this is impossible. But with you, all things are possible. What is God's dream for you? For years, I stood before young people, and I would say it this way. Maybe it'll help you. Close your eyes. What does your life look like under the complete and total control of the Holy Spirit. 
what disappears and what appears. That's God's dream. That's God's dream. Your life in total unity, in step, as Galatians 5 says, with the Spirit. We have to embrace God's dream for us. And with God, nothing is impossible. He will bring his dream for us to pass. The third key today to transitioning well is we have to be steadfast. We have to be steadfast. And I've mentioned this before, but I believe this is the missing component in many people's relationship with God. They say, well, I tried it for a month. A month? Oh, I tried it for a year. I tried praying for 30 seconds, and it didn't work. Wait, you, you miss the patience of God that is supposed to be in you by his spirit. This steadfast nature is God's nature. You know how I know he's steadfast? He caught you. He caught me. Running all those years from his love. Running from his voice, his obvious hand, his merciful grace. I ran. He caught me. Why? He's steadfast. So you and I need to be steadfast. Three times he says to Joshua these words. In verse 6 he says, be strong and of good courage. Verse 7, only be strong and of good courage. Verse 9, be strong and of good courage. There is something that we all need to know about our walk in this time of transition between promise and fulfillment, that there are ites in the land. Hivites, Jebusites, people possessing, in the Old Testament, what God has already given to the children of Israel as a, an inheritance. And I want to say to you this today. There will be opposition to God's dream in your life. It's not an indicator that you're on the wrong path. It's probably an indicator that you're on the right one. When David, when David finally, finally gets rid of the Jebusites, it goes all the way to David from Joshua. The Jebusites are in the high place. They're in the, 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 the place called Zion. It was a stronghold. Nobody could take it down. It took a man going up a water shaft. At night, they said, listen, they said to David, even our lame could repel you because they were in such a position of strength. And I know that's how many people feel, that there are strongholds in your life that the enemy's been possessing for so long. You feel like, I am too weak to possess this thing that God wants me to possess. Unless the same spirit that came on David comes on you and says, no, we're well able. We're going to take that. Who's going to take that? And we're going to see them come down, and we're going to see the glory of God come down on Mount Zion. Mount Zion is the place where, where, where God's glory would be, would be seen. And it was under stronghold. 
Listen, you have to be strong. You have to be steadfast. There are going to be things that you come up against. But be strong and be courageous. Why does the Lord say it three times? I believe this. And it's revealed. I, I think it's revealed. The first reason the Lord says the first time is that there's actually three different things to possess. The first thing to possess was the land. He says, be strong and of good courage. Verse 6 says, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Listen, when you and I are steadfast, walking in faith, we are of good courage. When we are walking, the land around us will shift and change. The atmosphere of our neighborhoods will change. The atmosphere of our homes will change. Why? Because God says, if you'll be steadfast, I will give it to you. I will give it to you. You have to understand that you burning for God the rest of your life is not only about you. I got a glimpse a week ago Saturday of what it could look like when the church comes together and stands on the courthouse steps and lets the light of Christ shine. When people from different denominations start saying, no, we're going to let the light of Christ shine in our community. I don't know if you've noticed, but the culture of our country is going away from the precepts of God. But God says, no, if you'll be strong and courageous, there's a land that I'll affect with you. There's a place. Maybe you need, maybe you need something smaller to believe for. How about your home? How about the next step? How about your job? What, what about the next step? Students, your school. Let's believe together that God's going to give us the land, but we can't stop believing next week, next month, next year. Let's keep believing. And be strong and courageous. Not only did he say it once because of the land, I believe he said it a second time to Joshua, be strong and courageous because there was a way. It wasn't only about possessing the land, but there was a way in which he was supposed to possess the land. And it says this in verse 7 and 8, he says, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper in wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. You, you understand that there, is, there are ways in the world to see increase that are not God's way. People think to themselves, well, you know, in my business, you have to lie a little bit. No, no, no. In all your ways, acknowledge him. All your ways. No, no, no. Don't, don't succumb to the way. Be strong and courageous. There is a way. There is God's way. You may say, well, I don't know if I'll have any clients. Yes, you will. You'll have more. Because God said, I'll make your way prosperous. He says, meditate on my word. 
Meditate on it day and night. There is a way. Revivalist of old would say it this way. Remove every gray area from your life. If it's not something that you're doing by faith, just cut it away. People travel better with less. And transition is all about traveling from one glory to the next. You cut away the unnecessary. You cut away the gray. Cut away the compromise. Do things God's way and let your heart burn. But if you are going to do it God's way, you're going to have to be strong and courageous. Everything in this nation is saying that God's way is antiquated. It's an old way. It's an ancient way. It is an ancient path. And the scripture says that we should walk in it. Don't abandon the ways of God for, for some, uh, you know, some way that you have created in your mind that, well, this is just the way we have to do it today. No, 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 do it God's way. From God's word, you'll get God's results. But in order to do that, you have to be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous, church. It requires that. Our, our, if we're going to transition into the glory that God wants to rest on us, persecution won't stop us because the church is strong and courageous. Persecution will actually strengthen us. God says it a third time to Joshua. Be strong and of good courage. And this is what he says, and do not be afraid, do, do not be afraid or dismayed, for I am with you wherever you go. He says, the presence is why you need to be strong and courageous. He says, do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Why would God say? Be strong and courageous when the promise is about his presence. I don't know if you've noticed, but the one thing that will be battled for more than anything else in your life is your time in God's presence. Things circumstances will try to rob you of what, not walking in the presence that God promises will always be with us. He never leaves us, never forsakes us. Forsakes us. He will give us his manifest presence. The presence he makes known to us. And if you and I are going to come through transition, well, we're going to be steadfast. I believe God wants to take all of us as individuals and as a church into his dream this year. You say, what is that? Come next week. We'll talk about how you discover that. You say, I have to come next week? Yes, every Sunday till he comes back. That's good. All right. I believe God is transitioning us as a church.
But if we're going to transition well, we're going to let go of the past. We're going to honor the wisdom that's been imparted to us from yesterday. But we will not let the bad things, the poor choices hold us in yesterday, nor will we let the successes of yesterday keep us from the promises of tomorrow. And as a church, we're going to embrace God's dream for us. And whatever that requires of us letting go, of us dying to, we're going to say yes. And by God's grace, we're going to be steadfast. And we're going to transition from glory to glory. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like more information about the ongoing ministry of Calvary Church, please visit our website at InvernessCalvary.com.